What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey guys, hope you're doing well. We're going to continue on in the book of Mark. I was with us uh, on Friday. We were at the Transfiguration. That's the mountaintop experience. And now we're going to get back down into the trenches. So this is the verse immediately following that Transfiguration. The disciples are still wrestling with who exactly Jesus is. And we see, we tend to categorize parts of the gospel as like, all right, this section of Mark is Jesus calling the disciples, and this part is his miracles, and this part is his teaching ministry, and this part is the passion. And we see that it, some things don't necessarily fit cleanly, because uh, even though we're in this heavy teaching section in the book of Mark, the, the, the section of the gospel, we're going to get closer to the passion section, that Jesus is still doing miracles uh, to bolster his teaching. They're, they're exemplifying his teaching, which was the primary point. So what's he teaching us? And so he was at the transfiguration. He's teaching something about the future glorification of his mission and his, you know, shimmering gloriousness as a picture of trailer of what's to come in the kingdom. Um, and then now we're back in the trenches and he's going to show something else about what exactly it means that the kingdom has come and that he is, uh, how exactly is Jesus going to achieve his kingdom and defeat sin? And so anyways, we're going to see another miracle. And this is Mark chapter nine, verses 14 through 32. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, and it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. 
And I'm going to cut it short there. I'll finish reading verses 30 through 32 in a second. But I want to make a couple points, things we can see from this text. I think there's some confusion when we read this. It's like, all right, like, should we be going around doing this stuff? That and, and it's true. Jesus did send his disciples out, and they had been, you know, successful. He'd sent them out to preach and teach and heal and cast out demons and such. And so he had, you know, given them part of this ministry, a unique ministry of Jesus' person on this earth ministry. And so, you know, we see that they, they've had his disciples. I've been doing these kind of activities. So the first thing I wrote was, well. What's the application for us, right? We're not necessarily in this time period, right? This unique time period of Jesus' ministry, but we're in the age of the church where we still have a mission. So what we can learn from the disciples here is that we can't win spiritual victories in our own strength. We can't win spiritual victories in our own strength. So they were kind of resting on their laurels at this point or resting on their victories. Like, hey, we've, we've got this. Jesus told us to go out and we've seen success. And so... Then they, the, the, the father brings him this boy with a demon who looks like, you know, he's having seizures um, and they, they can't do it. Right. And so I think we ask, well, should we be going around expecting to heal and cast out demons? Why weren't they successful? And they actually ask him in privately. They say in verse 28, why can't we cast it out? And Jesus says, well, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. In other words, we can't win spiritual victories in our own strength. It's Jesus is the one that's doing this, not the disciples. He's just appointed them to be his vessels to do that thing. And so how this applies to us. Well, what are the spiritual victories that we've been called to participate in? right? And, and we often try to do them in our own strength and it doesn't work. Well, what's our spiritual, what, what battle are we called to in the church age? Well, we're supposed to pray for each other, right? And so you see this guy, he's sick. It's, it's a spiritual thing. It's not necessarily a sickness, but people are sick. And what do we call, what are we called to do for those? Well, we're, we're called to intercede for them in prayer because we're not doing it. It's God that's going to do it. So if God wills, not if he can, but if he wills, we're praying and interceding for others on their behalf in, in prayer to the object of our faith, God, who's doing these, the, the physical healing, right? If it's, if it's a case of sickness, that's the battle that we're called to do. And what is our role in that? Well, we're to pray for those who are sick. All right. Well, what about this guy? He's got a demon in him. Are we supposed to go around like exercising demons in the name of Jesus? God compel you to come for like it's the, the exorcist movie. Well, no, I think that's a specific thing that the disciples in this particular era of Jesus's ministry are doing, but not necessarily one that we are called to do. But we are, in a sense, called to exercise demons or to confront spiritual warfare. What does that look like? Well, it looks like the Great Commission. Go there front of the nation, make disciples. And we see in, in the book of Ephesians that uh, people without Christ, before they're saved, are called children of wrath. Right? They're, they're children of their father, Satan. It's some harsh language that Jesus actually uses for the Pharisees. And so we're all children of the devil, so to speak. We all need to be exercised. I'm using air quotes. Well, what does this look like in the church age? Well, our spiritual battle looks like preaching the gospel. How will they know if they haven't heard? So we preach the gospel in power, not in our own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
that's, I'm using air quotes, but to cast out demons is us engaging in spiritual warfare with the power of the crucified and resurrected Jesus. That is our spiritual victory. None of these things right, that we kind of see a glimpse of here in this text, in other words, healing people and casting out demons, none of those things we can do in our own strength. We can't win spiritual victories in our own strength. And that's what the the application is why the the disciples were like, why can't we do this? Jesus says this kind can't be driven out by anything but prayer. In other words, appeal to my power, not your own. All right. And the second thing I wrote down is we're not called to have faith in faith, but faith in a person. This is a, a famous text. And it's actually one that I memorize as part of my prayers often, right? Not all of us have it together all the time. And I love that this story, when you you look at the father of the, the, the child who's being healed here, he's, he comes to Jesus and he's like, well, I'm hedging my bets. Uh, you know, maybe this guy can help me. Maybe he can't. You know, if you can, it'd be kind of nice if you healed my son. If, if you can, you know, I understand that you, you might not be able to. So no pressure, you know. In other words, he, he has a weak faith. His faith is in faith. Um, I, I have faith that some sort of I'm crossing my fingers that this positive outcome will happen, but I don't really have a, a really weighty and powerful object of that faith. A good example of this I always use is like, well, if you're drowning in a pool and you say, help, help, throw me that iron anvil over there. I have faith that it will save me. Well, it's kind of dumb because you had sincere and honest faith that something's going to help you. Uh, but it's not, it's going to sink. So the, obviously the object of the faith is faulty. So we're, in other words, sometimes we just cross our fingers and hope for a positive outcome and not really have any confidence in the object of what might bring that positive outcome to pass. So we see that lesson here in the father who says, well, if you can, and Jesus rebukes him, he's like, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. So it's, we're not called to have faith in faith itself, but faith in a person, and that person is Jesus. Of course he can. The question is, if he if he will, does he want to? Is it, If it's your will, Father, let this pass. If it's your will, Father, you will heal this person. In, in other words, like, if this is part of your plan, I worship you as the God of creation who is in charge of all things. I fear reverent awe of you, and it's not that you can or can't. It's that if you will or won't. You're in charge, and I submit and worship to you. And that is the faith in the ob- the correct object, faith in Jesus, the person. And I think ultimately, uh, this is a super practical thing for us today. I love this quote in verse 25. Immediately, after he's rebuked, immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. And that is something I think you should memorize and say in your heart earnestly for those days that you do not have it together. The days that you might have your faith in faith, you're just hoping for a positive outcome, and not really having your faith in Jesus, the person, what he came to do. What does that look like? Well, I paused, and let's pick it back up again, because as much as it's tempting to read this as a a healing story and kind of miss the point, what's the point? Well, we're having faith in a person. What is this person and who is he? What did he come to do? Well, verse 30 says, they went on from there and passed through Galilee. 
and he did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed after three days, he will rise. But they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. Faith is in who Jesus is and what he did, right? What is he going to do? Well, he's going to die and rise. That's hard to believe. It is. And so we can say with the Father, whatever experiences are going through our life, however frustrated we might be with our circumstances or, or we're just not having a good day, maybe we're putting our hope in just hope the positive outcomes that may or may not happen and not really trusting that Jesus deals with the ultimate sickness, the ultimate spiritual warfare, and that's death and defeating death and being united with the God who created us because we were separated from him and because of Jesus, now we're not. That's the ultimate casting out of demons. That's the ultimate physical healing is the bodily resurrection after death. We have hope in the person who trailblazed for us and and went ahead of us now that we get to take part in that. I believe, help my unbelief when I don't feel like it. Maybe you need to pray that constantly. Maybe you're having a bad day on Sunday morning and you need to pray that in your heart earnestly as you, as you try to get the lines out from the next worship song. I believe, help my unbelief. I hope that's encouraging you today as you cling to the person who Jesus is and y'all keep walking, keep walking. I believe, help my unbelief. Y'all have a great day and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.